Welcome to Transforming Biopharma by ZS. I'm Maria Whitman, and after 20 years in this industry, I'm excited to bring you perspectives on major issues of the moment to challenge your thinking and to help you set in place strategies and capabilities to drive performance so that together we can advance global health. Transforming Biopharma by ZS covers a variety of perspectives on the topic shaping health and their implications, featuring industry leaders who are pushing the boundaries and redesigning the future. Welcome to Transforming Biopharma by ZS. I'm Maria Whitman, Principal at ZS, and this episode is part of our series on the future of healthcare. And in this podcast, we're talking about where health is headed overall and what it means for biopharma. Today, we're talking with Dr. Arthi Shaw. Dr. Shaw currently serves on the boards of Northwestern Mutual and Envita Corporation. She retired last year as Senior Vice President and Chief Information and Digital Officer at Eli Lilly and Company. There, she led an enterprise-wide global organization with responsibilities for information technology, information security, advanced analytics, data science, and digital health. She's been named a woman of influence by the Indianapolis Business Journal and was also named one of the fierce women in biopharma by Fierce Pharma. Arthi, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Maria, and uh, really applaud uh, CS for putting this podcast out, an important topic for us to talk about. We are talking a lot at CS about how healthcare might look in the future. And uh, as I was sharing with you, with help from Harris Poll, we surveyed about 4,000 healthcare consumers and hundreds of healthcare providers in the U.S. to get a sense of the state of healthcare today. The results have led us to a pretty interesting vision of the future, um, you know, a state that is holistic, personal, and preventative. So I'm really interested, Artie, to hear your perspective on technology, connected care, what they might mean for the future of pharma. You've spent a lot of time at the intersection of healthcare and technology. What's your perspective on the role of technology in the future of healthcare? We use this word technology, and in today's day and age, I'm going to define technology as, yes, of course, it is technology, the core technology itself, um, data, the amount of data that we are generating and we uh, have access to and we sit on, and advanced analytics. I think for me, uh, technology, data, and analytics are kind of the three uh, cornerstones, and it's the unlock the intersection of this, which is extremely powerful, okay? So when we refer to technology, I'm going to refer to uh, this uh, sum, which is very important. Uh, the cross-section of healthcare and technology means you and I will admit that every industry has been impacted, I would say very, very positively by technology, uh, whether it's increasing production, efficiency, innovation, uh, our interactions with the customer, the end user, all throughout means we have seen unbelievable opportunities, uh, advancements, right, in all the spheres with respect to technology. And healthcare is the same. Um, if you look at drug development, uh, enormous opportunity. I'm extremely bullish in terms of as uh, there's more and more adoption of technology, more and more adoption of AI across the entire value chain. Uh, we'll be able to uh, discover medicines faster. We'll be able to develop them faster. We'll be able to produce them more efficiently and effectively, our internal processes. And then also on the engagement models, whether it's the healthcare uh, engagement with the healthcare professionals or the patient themselves. Um, I'm extremely excited, very, very bullish in terms of how technology will, whether we call it disrupt or enhance uh, the entire healthcare uh, ecosystem uh, in general. 
I love that framing of uh, the intersection of technology, data, and analytics. And what you're really talking about is across the value chain of pharma, speed and quality of engagement being the two things we can really tackle full on if we're if we're really purposeful about technology in the future. Absolutely. It means in healthcare, we have such an amazing purpose, right? We are all here to get better outcomes for the patients uh, we serve, right? That has to be the mission. That has to be the driving force. So if you pivot for a second on that end, Maria, and think about the engagement models that you talked about, the engagement, engagement models have been are changing in front of us. Uh, we have seen that through the COVID times. Uh, whether it's the interaction between uh, us as and I, I would say the company, the sponsors with the healthcare professionals, how we provide them the data, the information, right? Uh, uh, gone are the days where we used to push information out versus now there is the pull part of it that we want to provide the information in the channels, in the way uh, that our HCPs, our healthcare professionals want it. And they can pull the information at their own time and at their own pace in the format that they want, in the channel that they want and can leverage that. And same is true when you think about the patient. The patient-physician uh, interaction model has changed and so much has been charged by technology, uh, correct? Means, uh, um, you know, we talk about, Maria, there are several generations in the workplace. I call that there are several generations um, of patients too. And I like this phrase, you need the tech and the touch, okay? So we want to leverage technology from a healthcare perspective in interacting with the physicians, uh, communicating with the uh, physicians, uh, the healthcare providers. Uh, but once in a while, we also need that personal touch, right? Because we are human beings. Uh, we need the feel and touch uh, of that personal interaction too. And different generations will be comfortable. The comfort levels are going to be different. So these engagement models have to take into account what the needs of uh, the patients that we are seeking to serve are and provide that variety of different um, uh, engagement models uh, that can be leveraged. Again, the end, we can never forget the end. It is for uh, better patient outcomes. You know, Arthi, when we talk about uh, the technology and the touch, it's reminiscent of what we experience in many other aspects of our lives, right? We have intersections with technology companies that get to know us, that personalize the experience that we're having with them. Um, where are we in pharma's ability to truly bring that tech and touch, that personalized engagement uh, with the physicians? Technology is not just, it's not the end, it's a means to an end. So we can never forget as to, it's one of the enablers, but the amount of data that we are producing and in today's day and age, given the compute power that we have, we can actually do these high powered simulations. We can really truly do advanced analytics to unlock the potential. So you take discovery and there are so many examples if you go back and just uh, rule several of them to say, how can we even um, identify and discover molecules even faster? How do you think the pharma business has been changed by the COVID era? Are there different expectations now across the value chain? Through the COVID times means great example just in our recent past two or three years means we were racing against death and uh, the speed at which we needed to find something while the vaccines were being, being developed to get to the COVID therapeutics means 
uh, AI was used to go through the platforms, the various platforms to say what uh, ther uh, therapeutics, what medicines can kind of, we can kind of um, uh, repurpose or even new uh, uh, antibodies that were brought into uh, production, right? Uh, discovered and developed. That was all powered. A lot of them was powered through uh, AI as well as technology. But let's never forget that uh, it's deep science, okay? So it, it enables that scientific research. It enables the innovation. It's not technology by itself, but um, that that integration that enables uh, speeding the discovery of medicines, no question in my mind. When you look at development, wow, we have made tremendous progress, a lot of progress still yet to be made, but let's not discount the progress we have made. We know what it takes to develop uh, a medicine and the number of years, both from a cycle time perspective and the cost, both of them are going up. But to, again, adoption of technology, leveraging the data, applying a sophisticated analytics, advanced analytics, we have brought down the clinical development cycle time and we continue to challenge the current cycle times uh, also across the board. I think. Um, when you look at development, we are also trying to change the model over there uh, to say, um, instead of patients going to investigative sites, how can we go to where the patients are, make sure we have the right diversity of patient populations, we can access the patients where they are, and take care to where they are. And in the final phase, the same thing in the commercialization part of it is how do we go to where the patients are um, and how do we talk about those engagement models? So across the board, uh, I hope I've given you just some examples as to where uh, technology is making a difference and can even make a lot of difference. Uh, let's not forget clinical decision-making. And this is where huge opportunity in terms of uh, advanced analytics, AI applications of um, AI into clinical decision-making and automating uh, those, uh, uh, those things. So uh, tech adoption are, uh, I would say, familiarity, acceptance of uh, tech is huge. And this, again, is an onus on all the listeners uh, here today for this podcast as to what is our role as leaders, leaders of all these organizations, leaders, the tech leaders, the uh, data leaders to say, how do we help our organizations uh, from an adoption perspective and then acceleration and to leverage all the types of data that we are collecting and sitting on in today's day and age? It's a great comment for leaders, especially as we think about tech as an enabler. One of the topics I find myself talking most with my clients about in terms of technology adoption, Arthi, is the talent, um, the ability to change course with amazingly talented people in their specific functions who now need to look at and leverage and understand technology in very different ways. In your prior role, how did you think about moving the talent of the organization along that journey? Yeah, great question. At the end of the day, it's about the people, the people, the people. And um, I think you have to have a multi-pronged approach uh, to this, Maria. Um, uh, you know, you the deep expertise and experiences uh, are extremely important. So we have to have uh, people with significant experiences in drug development and in this area of tech, data analytics, data sciences. Um, we need to have teachers 
um, more teachers uh, and we need to have leaders uh, becoming teachers and teaching the next generation. So that is one part of it. Second part is, of course, um, uh, not just the hiring of diverse talent, but the you need to attract them and then you need to retain them. Uh, the demand is more than the supply. So what are you going to do to develop your talent? And in that development piece, in today's day and age, I think the talent of today, the generation of today is very much looking for fulfillment. They want to be able to be part of something bigger where they feel valued, they feel heard, they feel fulfilled. Okay, so that is important. The third piece is how do you reskill your organization? How do you reskill and uh, become a learning organization and become an institution, uh, a university, you know, within each of our companies and have a small kind of uh, a school going on where we are teaching, we are upskilling. And there are so many ways to upskill uh, uh, the people, the employees, your own uh, colleagues and own staff. At the end of the day, no matter how many years of experience we have, either we are brand new or we have uh, decades of experience, uh, we always need to be a student. We need to be a student of leadership. We need to be a student of learning uh, the new emerging technologies, emerging platforms, um, as well as everyone, I believe, you know, even if you're not in formal uh, scientific roles in terms of a data scientist role or as, a, or as a IT professional or as a statistician or an analytics person, any decision maker in my mind needs to have some basic understanding uh, of uh, data analytics because it's all about quantitative decision making. Uh, there is so much data that we sit on. The, the key part is, do we have the acquired skills, the competencies to transfer that data to information and information to knowledge. That last piece, trans translating that information to knowledge is extremely important. So um, those are my views from a talent perspective. It's, it has to be a multi-pronged approach uh, and we have to win uh, in all dimensions. There's a lot of great ideas in there. You know, being a student often requires us to have a beginner's mindset, even when we're an expert. And I do see that data-driven decision-making approach coming from data to insight to decisions, um, you know, is something that requires us to also put aside an, an amazing gut the industry has developed over the years on, on how to make decisions. And so definitely a challenge for a lot of organizations. Arthi, I want to take us back a little bit to how sure. technology is changing healthcare. You brought up earlier that we're all here for the patient. And I am absolutely in agreement with you. That is my passion is to improve outcomes for patients. In our research, consumers are 50% more likely to feel less heard, cared for, or empowered than their doctors think that they are. And we believe that connected care can be part of that solution. 80% um, of patients, consumers believe in the promise of connected care, but only 25% are using it today. So my question to you is, how do you think technology can change the experience, the effectiveness of healthcare on the ground for the consumers that we're developing for? I think what your survey, you're finding from the survey, uh, there is truth to that. And we all experience that. We ourselves are also consumers, right? Um, again, over here also, the adoption piece both on both sides, on the provider side as well as the consumer side is very important. And the familiarity with all the tech and all the apps, the, the zillion apps that are out there. 
I don't know whether you feel that or not, but there is kind of an app fatigue also. Okay. Hmm. So there are so many apps, but it's even just on the healthcare side and everyone that I interact with from a clinical services perspective to my primary care, to my specialist, to just all my data historic, all that stuff. The number of portals I have to go through, the number of, um, uh, you know, the communications, it's, it's, it's different. What I would say is there's an opportunity to make something better over here is there's all this information that is thrown to me um, as a consumer, as a patient. Um, can technology come up with giving me recommendations, right? I can go, I have to, for any question I have, I can go Google it and there will be answers to specific things. Can there be some personalization over there that takes all that information, my, my um, information also, along with uh, all the real world evidence that's out there, and can we have uh, AI tools that would give me some recommendations? Forget all the liability and, uh, uh, you know, lost all that stuff. But I'm just saying from a scientific and information perspective, I'm sure um, it can do something on that end. Um, so that is one. And this is where to my uh, comments before, uh, the tech and touch will also have to be personalized uh, based on the generation of consumer that you are talking to. Absolutely, absolutely. You are spot on. Most consumers want a more personalized experience. And we do have a tremendous amount of untapped data um, to create that. So we have precision medicine, right? We have the actual medicines we're developing on behalf of individuals from their biologics. But we know 80% of a person's health is not actually the genetics. It's, it's other factors associated with them. And now we have real world evidence and data that can really help us say, hey, this person looks an awful lot like this cohort. And I can make a better decision on their behalf. You brought up clinical decision support. So Arthi, you and I have talked about unlocking data. What do you think pharma leaders should be doing to really be committed to unlocking data across the value chain? We talk about that data is the new oil and data is new currency, all that stuff, but every organization should consider data as an asset. And what I mean by that is invest in their data layer. You know, what is that enterprise data backbone? And putting that in order. It's not the sexy thing or very strategic, but it requires funding, resources, focus, all that stuff. But once that's there, you are then truly sitting on a gold mine because you can unlock so much once you have um, uh, and can access that data in the right way. You mentioned real world evidence and data, which is only a microcosm of all the data we're sitting on as an organization and we can generate as an organization, but it is an important part of getting to that future of personalized care for every patient. Yes. Um, so what is, what is Biopharma's role in helping that vision along? At a macro level, uh, means you think about uh, the innovations that have come out over the years and who bears the uh, the responsibility and the cost of um, bringing innovative medicines, uh, solutions, cures uh, to uh, really some diseases that we we want to treat. Uh, it is the biopharma industry. Um, so the role of biopharma is is going to be central 
central uh, as for, for years to come. What has changed is um, and is changing is the entire ecosystem uh, that we need to play together uh, and the partnerships, the collaborations between um, academia, between with the regulators, with industry, private and public se sector, uh, now with the technology uh, uh, companies and startups. I think that all is becoming very important as we move, whether it's into digital health, these new models of um, interactions, new models of discovering medicines, new models of developing medicines, even producing. So that absolutely is changing. The role of biopharma will continue from that perspective, will be very important in bringing those new medicines. Means just go back and think what happened during the COVID times, right, Maria means. Uh, and, and the collaboration across pharma means we saw that in spades, means we have never seen that kind of uh, collaboration across uh, biopharma, across all the regulatory agencies, uh, the government, all that stuff. Means think of a world where we can, for not for everything we can't do it okay every company has to protect their ip and uh, needs to be successful but for some important uh, uh life threatening diseases can we come together and solve it means take oncology oncology we have done we have made a lot of strides from a personalization perspective all that stuff but again go back and bring uh think about a loved one that you have lost due to cancer. In my case, I've lost a very, very close friend, um, uh, very young at the age of 52. Uh, it's already five years ago. Uh, um, and I've lost a very close colleague and a mentor to cancer. So that is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, and you sitting today means you have to believe that sitting on the amount of knowledge that resides across uh, biopharma, the research centers in academia, all that stuff, uh, the data that we are sitting on, if we can come together in some way, shape or form, I am optimistic. I believe that there is cure to some kind of cancers uh, in there. Uh, but what is limiting us is, 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 that, is those uh, collaborations. I think the role of biopharma is going to be uh, instrumental, uh, is pivotal. Um, in bringing new innovations um, of, uh, to cure diseases um, and make a huge impact uh, in, uh, for mankind. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm sorry for your losses. Um, I think cancer touches all of us in different ways. I agree with you that we are sitting on the data. Yeah. Arthi, coming back a second to, uh, to data and to real world evidence, you were talking earlier about how in COVID times, we learned a bit of navigation on speed in terms of our development process and technology is further enabling us to develop much quicker. Um, and what I've been working on with a lot of uh, my clients is integrated evidence along the way. Um, there's the actual trials itself, but more and more I see companies focusing earlier on setting out really robust integrated evidence plans for the future, for if we're even following uh, approval. Is that something you've seen and any, any thoughts or recommendations on what companies should be thinking about yeah. uh, as they're generating data and evidence? 
Yeah, I think great question, Maria. Again, I think there's a lot of innovation uh, going on in terms of the, the, if you look at the broad clinical development uh, part of it, right? Uh, there is process uh, optimization and process innovation that is going on uh, in terms of your design of your entire clinical development program. Um, and then um, you, you, you hit on some of the things in terms of, you know, uh, the models that we use during the COVID times, you know, we are hearing more and more about decentralized trials, uh, 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 clubbing protocols together into a master protocol, how do we do it? So this is all the play to make it much more efficient, more effective, again, with that ultimate goal of how do I speed up? How do I bring new medicines, innovative medicines faster to the patient to get to improved outcomes? So I think generation of that data uh, while in development is going to help with what you're calling it, the, the, the evidence uh, uh, generation. So at the time of launch, we have those answers for the healthcare professionals as well as for the patients. And we can get to more and more personalization uh, also uh, through that. I think digital health will play a key role. So the product is always going to be at the center of the king, but everything around our medicines, right? Uh, how it's taken the mode of delivery uh, means even today, if you think about uh, your auto injectors, right? Uh, the pens and all that stuff, they're a fine piece of engineering. The amount of sensors you can put on the amount of information, anything, any patch that you're wearing, the watch that you're wearing, the amount of information that is generating, it's all, yes, it's data. But if we, again, I'm going to go back, if we don't leverage that data, if we are not the intermediaries in helping translate that data into information and then information into knowledge, then we are not uh, doing our job well. It means we have res huge responsibility uh, here to uh, enable that data to knowledge piece of it again at the end of the day to make uh, uh, the impact on the patients. So, Arthi, one thing I've been talking about a lot with senior executives, you spoke earlier about the ecosystem and the collaboration that's occurring. And, and the question that comes to the table is, how does pharma's value proposition change in a system that's increasingly looking for this stakeholder, pharmaceutical and biotech companies to be more than just the medicine, to actually be collaborators towards that personal health future that we've been talking about? You know, services and solutions, clinical decision support, digital health, digital therapeutics. What do you think the goal should be for the industry? Means, uh, I think they're already doing it, Maria. I mean, look at any web page of any of these uh, biotech companies, pharma companies, right? Means the amount of collaborations that they are having today is is way more, way more than even just five years or 10 years ago, right? So it is already leveraging that to the things that we have talked about. And the role will continue, as I said before, means it's impossible to bring in a, the way we need the innovations in a personalized way, uh, faster, better, cheaper to the patient without collaboration, okay? Uh, the more we kind of come together and leverage the different expertise uh, that the different partners bring in, uh, the faster we will get and it will be a win-win for everyone. So uh, I truly believe that it's all ecosystem play moving forward. Um, I see so many uh, deals on the business side where they're just having a commercialization partner so that they are leveraging the best of the best. For example, company A with company B, company A has huge development expertise. Company B has huge commercialization expertise. They are bringing those things together. You are seeing a company that has deep or proprietary AI platforms, okay? And company B has strong 
from our new emerging technologies platforms from a discovery perspective, they are bringing together and saying, okay, here is the library, let's run it through your uh, proprietary platforms and see if we can identify targets and leads faster, uh, go from there. If we want to go a little bit far out, uh, uh, I think it may already be happening because some companies may be doing it, but think about the world where just like we talk about uh, pathology and radiology all being digitized, when chemistry and biology is all digitized, some companies are getting there, right? We are talking about the your 3D models and all that stuff. But when you have your entire libraries all digitized, uh, the speed at which you'll be able to discover, uh, innovate is going to be crazy. Absolutely, and it does take an ecosystem. As CDO, you were charged with advancing the capabilities of the organization from R&D through to commercial. When you step back and you think about the near horizon, the next two to three years, what do you think are the most important places biopharma should be focused on advancing their capabilities? I think the role of leaders, tech leaders, you know, uh, in all these companies is the tech adoption and tech adoption within your own organization and then the role that you play influencing and teaching the enter- the enterprise level right so it uh, you you have to be to uh, speak the business language as well as, or understand the business, not just speak the business language. You have to understand the business to its core, okay? And then again, tech, data, analytics, all that stuff are enablers to your innovation, to your end goal. Uh, they are means to an end. Uh, so that has to be very important. And to to take the, uh, uh, I would say, uh, the functional uh, silos away. So. Within the companies, the functional silos should come out and we should have uh, one focus on, again, never lose sight of that patient, our, our, our goal and our passion should follow that. And then um, uh, bring, bring that forward in that fashion. Okay. When you break down those silos, you really get the insights coming together as yes. well so that you can do yes. that better. Yeah, the silos internally and the silos externally. <laughs> I think we can get there. Arthi, do you have any advice for women out there who aspire to be the leaders of biopharma in the future? aspire dream big okay and follow your dreams uh we need means think about means every company talks about dni okay from a diversity perspective whether it's the gender diversity the diversity of experiences that we bring in and we as women leaders do bring in a unique perspective and we need to be confident about that be courageous be bold to then Put our ideas uh, on the table, okay? Not keep it within ourselves. That's number one. The second is we are all serving as the women typically, typically serves as the chief medical officer in their own household, okay? They are making those decisions, the healthcare decisions uh, for their families. Uh, means it's definitely true in my household. It's definitely but, true in mine. <laughs> okay, so we have, we, we have insights through that and we need to bring that to our workplace. I kind of say to the women, bring your full self to work. You know, it's you don't have to compartmentalize and say, here is this and now I'm going walking in and I need to behave in certain way. Bring your full self, your passion, your emotion, your full self to work. And the third piece is to women is go and have the diversity of experiences. What was unique, I, I, I attribute a lot of my success uh, to Three things, okay. My family support was extremely important. Um, I have superb family support um, and my uh, spiritual support also. So that was very important. I had amazing mentors and coaches. So identify mentors and coaches that are going to be your sponsors that will support you 
And third is, don't be afraid of taking uh, different uh, roles, okay? Uh, we, you don't get out of your comfort zone. Be a learner, constant learner, and go and take those critical decision-making roles, PNL roles, all that stuff. And it's best done when you're in mid-management, okay, that you can go and uh, take different roles outside your comfort level and understand the business, the, the business to its core. So uh, those are my three kind of advice to all the women who are listening. Uh, wish you the very best. Dream big, follow your dreams. So to wrap up, it's a question I'm asking all of my guests. If you could change one thing about healthcare, what would it be? I would like to really get to the transparency on the overall healthcare cost. Uh, in a simple way, somebody to talk about in United States, our overall healthcare cost and what are the key drivers and how do we get a handle on that and what could be maybe one or two things that can really make a significant impact in bringing that burden uh, of overall total healthcare cost down to make sure that more and more patients uh, can get uh, the, the medical help that they need. The disparity, the health disparities in this country is far too much, and we have to find a way to narrow that gap. That is a great goal, Arthi. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for listening to Transforming Biopharma by ZS. We invite you to subscribe and leave an iTunes review. To learn more about ZS's connected health research, visit zs.com slash future of health. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next time. Please visit zs.com slash future of health if you're interested in learning more about transforming biopharma and ZS's industry perspectives.